0: I don't know about you, but over the last month or so, I've received a lot of invitations. We live in a world where invitations are sent out to all sorts of people for all sorts of things. There's an invitation that we receive every year, usually right after Thanksgiving, and it carries through until Christmas. It's an invitation from from manufacturers like Toyota, Mercedes-Benz, Honda, Chevrolet, to purchase a new vehicle for your loved one for Christmas. This invitation includes the guarantee of delivery before the holidays and an oversized bow to go on the hood of the car. Now this invitation is extended to all people in in theory through advertising on TV and social media, but there is a targeted demographic. There is an intended audience for this invitation, there's also the invitations that we will send or receive for parties. If you've ever had children or ever been connected to a child, you know that once they enter uh, preschool through elementary school, you will be invited to birthday party after birthday party after birthday party. Sometimes those birthday parties will be one after another, as though the families plan to just take up everybody's entire Saturday afternoon. Then there are invitations for wedding showers and baby showers, invitations for housewarmings, Christmas parties, or just dinner parties while we want everyone to feel as though they are remembered and included when we are extending invitations, deep down, we're always asking ourselves, do we really want all of these people to show up at our house? I mean, just think about it. When you extended an invitation to family for, to come to your house for Christmas or Thanksgiving, in the back of your mind, are you thinking, God, I hope these people don't actually show up? <laughs> like, you'll make a guest list And if you're like me, there are people towards the bottom and you're like, fingers crossed they have something else to do. Because when you have some of these folks show up at your home and you find Uncle Clark's holiday eggnog and you mix it with the excitement of a party, these small batch friends show up as a category five hurricane. They suck the air out of the room. They suck the energy out of you. And all you can think about next is will this party Ever end. Our Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they don't agree on most things. They don't agree on every aspect of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. You see, the Gospel of Mark completely skips the Nativity. We don't have baby Jesus in Mark's Gospel. We have grown-up Jesus who's getting ready to go out and begin his ministry. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels, meaning there is a thread that walks down the middle of each of those Gospels, but there are slight variations along the way. So we have the Synoptic Gospels, and then over off, on its own, way out there, is the Gospel of John. John. John refers to Jesus' miracles as signs. And there are things that happen in the Gospel of John that happen nowhere else in the Bibles. But for all of the variations, for all of the differences that exist in our Gospels, there are two things that the Gospels all agree on. That Jesus Christ walked out of the tomb on the third day on Easter and that he was baptized by John the Baptist In the Jordan River. The Gospels can disagree on a whole host of things, but for those two, the resurrection and baptism of Christ, they all agree. John the Baptist extended an invitation to everyone to come and be baptized in the Jordan River. Mark's Gospel tells us that all of the people of Jerusalem, I find that to be a bit of an exaggeration because Jerusalem was a big town, but Mark says, Everybody went out to John. They made the journey into the wilderness, into the Judean countryside to be baptized. John's invitation was for anybody who would listen. So Jesus traveled from Nazareth and was baptized by the camel fur wearing baptizer right there in the Jordan River. At first, John was reluctant. And who would blame him? If Jesus walked in the door right now and asked you to baptize him, what would you do? Would you feel inadequate, unworthy? Because that's how John felt. John said, the one who's more powerful than I is coming after me. John believed that he wasn't worthy to bend down and help Jesus untie his holy Nikes. Jesus walked into the waters of the Jordan River. His head went under the water, and as he came up, as the water broke the, as his head broke the surface of the water, and the water began to slow down or flow down his face, there was a voice from the heavens that called out. The clouds opened up. You are my son. You are my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And if a voice calling out from the heavens wasn't enough, uh, the Holy Spirit. Descended, and Mark tells us that the Holy Spirit descended not like, an, like a fire from the clouds, but like a dove. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, meaning God is with us, entered the same water where so many people had left their sins behind so they could turn back towards God. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, meaning it was symbolic. A person would enter the water, leaving their sins behind in the water, allowing the water to cleanse them. Then as they exited the water, they would turn back towards God. So the Son of God entered the murky waters of creation, taking upon himself the sins of the world, so that what we have mucked up would be made clean. Jesus Christ, the clean becoming unclean, so that the unclean would be clean, so the unrighteous would be made righteous, made righteous. So that those who had been mucked up would be unmucked. You see, Jesus didn't need to repent. There was actually no need for Jesus to leave any sin behind in the waters. But in his first act of his ministry, Jesus getting into the waters of John's baptism is an example of how God is not reigning from a golden chair on high, way above creation. Through what happened in Bethlehem, through the wise men traveling afar, traveling outside of, from outside the covenant God had made with Israel, and through Jesus Christ getting down and dirty in the Jordan River, God is showing us time and time again that God is not willing to allow me, to allow you to be in the muddiness of life on our own. When we're baptized, whether you were sprinkled water carefully placed on top of your head, whether a pastor took their hands, filled them up, and dropped the water on your head three times, or whether you went to a river, a swimming pool, a lake, the ocean, and went all the way under, and came back up. We were buried with Christ. And when we exited the waters, we were clothed in the new life of Jesus Christ, meaning that we left our old life behind, an old life that's where our sins, our faults, our shortcomings define who we are. And rather, when we are raised a new life in Christ, it is the life of Jesus Christ that makes us who we are. Baptism is not limited to our yes or the yes our parents made on our behalf as we were children. Our baptism is God's yes to you. Your baptism is God's yes to you. With Jesus' baptism located in our church calendar on the coattails of Christmas, it's easy for us to take for granted what really happened out in the murky Jordan River. What Jesus did in the Jordan River was and is an invitation for all people. When Jesus invites us into the waters of our baptism, when Jesus invites us to remember our baptism, it's an invitation for all people It's an invitation through baptism to be made new in the light of God's grace. All are invited into the waters of baptism because, as we will see in the weeks ahead, Jesus is unwilling to allow anything to stand between you and the love of God. In theory, inclusive invitations are great. But when we dig down into the details... The intentions and the expectations of the one doing the inviting. We may find out that what was on paper to be for all people was for a select few. Think about the invitations that we send out. I mentioned a moment ago. I hope that person doesn't show up. I hope this one gets lost in the mail. Over the coming weeks, we're gonna see how Jesus made a habit of inviting the wrong. People of inviting himself to the wrong places, of calling the wrong disciples, of healing the people that the religious leaders said were beyond hope. We're going to see that Jesus was in the business and continues to be in the business of inviting himself to the wrong place at the wrong time for the best possible means. The invitations extended by Jesus Christ are a continuation of what the angel Gabriel told Mary and Joseph. The invitation extended by Christ to us to enter the waters of our baptism are a continuation of what the Lord told the shepherds as they watched their flocks by night and is a continuation of the glory of God that was revealed to the wise men who traversed afar. Not only is the good news of the incarnation for all people but all people are invited to experience the transforming grace of God in Jesus Christ. Through Christ, the walls have been broken down with the splash of our baptismal waters. This is a great Sunday. It's one of my favorite Sundays of the year because we get two sacraments. We get to gather around Christ's table of grace and remember that all are invited to come and taste and see through bread and wine And through remembering our baptism, through coming up and placing our hands in the water, through making the sign of the cross on our forehead or in our palm, or splashing more than the person behind us wants us to, we get to remember that we are gods. It's not an invitation to an empty ritual that's going to fill time during the service or that will check a liturgical box. But when we touch water, when we allow water to wash over our hands, we remember that before we said yes to Jesus, before we said yes and had water on our heads, God said to you when Christ was born in Bethlehem, yes. We remember that when God walked into the Jordan River, when Christ walked into the Jordan River, God said yes to you. Yes to not allow the powers of sin and death to separate us from the love of God. You are loved. And whatever muck has attached itself to you does not define who you are or whose you are. Generation after generation, this invitation remains the same. Come to the water. Leave your old life behind and rise to new life through Jesus Christ. And it is indeed for all people. Yes, even you. Amen.